Welcome, everybody, to Hot Mike with Houston and Hogan. This week, Dave's been researching a name that may not be familiar. It wasn't to me. Mary John Wilkins. Let's listen in as uh, Dave tells us who that is and how important she was to country music. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hot Mike with Houston and Hogan. Dave Hogan, how you doing? Let me tell you about the very rich. They're different from you and me. Where are you going? I'm doing. <laughs> Where are I you going? I have a notebook. <laughs> and when I hear a quote or read a quote, something somebody said, I write it down in this little book. And we're going to be talking about Mary John Wilkin in just a few minutes. Uh, she was called the Den Mother of Music Row. And all the contributions that she made to the music industry. And there are a lot of people like Mary John Wilkin that maybe the average person would not even know the name that had such a tremendous impact and influence in Nashville. We're going to talk about Mary John. I'm one of the ones Uh, you have. Actually, we got together a couple of weeks ago and we're going to do this show about Mary John Wilkin and, and you forgot your notes (laughs) and we instead did something else, but here we are. And, and I, we've talked about Mary John Wilkins so much, and I've had the opportunity and I haven't taken it to look up who is Mary John Wilkins, but I, I'm kind of, I didn't do it on purpose. I want you to tell us who is Mary John Wilkins. I'll tell you who she is in just a moment, but back to that quote, I have, I have a notebook and I write down things when I, when I run into something I want to rem- try to remember. And that's an F. Scott Fitzgerald quote. Okay. From his book, The Rich Boy. What is that quote again? Let me tell you about the very rich. They are different from you and me. That's an open that's his opening line in one of F. Scott Fitzgerald's books called The Rich Boy. Have you ever known anybody? Who's really rich? Who's rich? <laughs> no, and they aren't different from you. And me. that's true. That's very true. I don't. I don't recall. I don't think I. Well, maybe one. Maybe one. Would uh, Dolly Parton count? I know Dolly. Well, then, yeah. You, Would you, she count? Absolutely. She just wrote a check for a million dollars to the Salvation Army's bell ringing campaign. What a what an American treasure. What a world treasure Dolly Parton is. Did you see her show? Yes. At, at halftime in uh, Dallas? Somewhere around that halftime show is when she stopped to write that check. It was done during that performance. And that's one of many big checks that Dolly has written. But I think F. Scott Fitzgerald was talking about old money uh-huh. in this book. I haven't read the book, but I've read about it. And I think he's talking about people who have, and I just read uh, the biography of Elon Musk, the world's richest person. That's big money. Yeah. Now that's big money. And I, I, I love to read biographies. That's my favorite kind of reading. And somebody said one time to me, you like to read biographies. And he said, you know, there were four guys got together and wrote a biography of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He said that, and I had never thought of it in that that way. That's right. So one of my 
reading projects is going back and reading the, the, the biography of Jesus written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But I like to read about people. And I uh, had known about Mary John Wilkin, going to the disc jockey convention in Nashville for years, back when it was really a DJ convention, and it morphed into fanfare and I don't know what they call it now. I don't CRS, know. Country Radio Seminar is what yeah, it's they, called. Yeah. But they started bringing in not just DJs, but uh, fans of country music. And so the DJ convention is not now. And I've been to what uh, the, the, this seminar, I think, once or twice. But back in the days when it was really a DJ convention for country music DJs, you got to talk to just about every country music artist who uh, was prominent at that time. Mary John Wilkin was one of them that I had a chance to. I didn't really get a one-on-one interview with Mary John. Uh, It was kind of like a press conference where uh, probably a dozen music people, DJs and promoters and so forth, were in a room and asking questions of Mary John Wilkin because and the book apparently is out of print. I have not been able to find it, uh, and I don't remember who wrote it, but there was a, a biography of Mary John that, that came out about this time, and that was the purpose of this news conference was to promote, uh, the, book. promote uh, the book. And I learned so much about Mary John Wilkin. Okay, we have listeners who are probably saying, who, who are they talking about? Who is Mary John Wilkin? You probably know the song... Uh, long black veil. Yes. She walks these hills in a long black veil. Uh, visits my grave when the night winds wail or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. Lefty Frizzell. I thought so. And it was a resurgent song for him because lefty back in the early fifties had a tremendous, uh, number of hits. And in one of Merle Haggard's songs he talks about lefty and hank and lefty were on the jukeboxes because hank williams and lefty frizzell were the with the top uh artists who had music on jukeboxes well mary john wilkin wrote that song long black veil okay uh, she co-wrote it uh, i think with danny dill i'm not sure of that but i believe it was danny dill who co-wrote the song with her and so uh she not only is a great songwriter, but her life story is really interesting. She was born in Texas, born into a uh, a family. Not, they weren't full-time musicians, but her father was a played the fiddle, and he was kind of a local musician. Had another job. Had you know, a like, gig, like yeah. a lot of people in our community now. Uh, you know these people who are in the music business, but they have a day day job, so to speak, as it, as it's called. Don't give up, you know that old expression. Don't give up your day job. Yes. So uh, that was her father uh, and her family. They were, and so Mary John uh, had that kind of upbringing where she was around music, and she became a very accomplished pianist. She went to Hardin Simmons University, which is a Christian university down in uh, Texas, and then she. Uh, Went to work for uh, Red Foley, uh, 
which uh, I think probably that was her first professional job. But her life story, separate from the music, she wrote hit songs, and we're going to talk about her biggest hit here in just a moment, a song everybody will know. But she helped a lot of artists. She wound up after uh, a stint with uh, Red Foley's band, moved to Nashville as a basically a songwriter. She started a publishing company. She was uh, instrumental in the career of so many people. She became known as the den mother of Music Row. Chris Christopherson, Johnny Duncan, Ed Bruce. There's a long list of people that she helped get started in the music business. And Mary Johns had a cousin who was in the army with Chris Christopherson. And Chris, of course, was making music on the side while he was in the army and had some songs he had written. And the fellow said, I've got a cousin in Nashville. Why don't you send the songs to her? And so Chris Christopherson sent the songs to Mary John Wilkins. And one of those songs was For the Good Times. Oh, wow. Ray Price recorded it. Oh, and had a hit. And that started the career of Chris Christopherson. And as I said, she helped out so many artists get started in country music. And so her life story is what we want to talk about now a little bit. I told you a little bit about her upbringing in Texas, going to college at a Christian university, Hardin-Simmons. But after a while in Nashville, her life, her personal life, began to deteriorate. She fell into deep depression, became an alcoholic, attempted suicide not once, but twice. A friend of hers recommended counseling for her and knew a young minister that did counseling. So Mary John, after a lot of consideration and after a lot of plotting from her friends to to try to get her life back to normal, after a lot of prodding, she went to see this young minister, drove up in a Cadillac and a mink coat, back when Cadillacs were considered the automobile, and of course, mink coats aren't that popular anymore. But they were at that time. He showed yeah, up, yeah. driving a Cadillac, wearing a mink coat, and the counselor said, "Obviously, you're not here to talk about money. You're, you don't have any money problems." And uh, she says, "No, I don't have any money problems, but I got a lot of others." And she went into a conversation with the minister, the counselor about her personal demons, her personal problems. And the counselor said, the minister said, have you ever thought of thanking God for these problems? Thanking thanking God for for, for all these problems? And there's somewhere in the Bible, I, I don't have 
written down exactly where, but it says, in effect, uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm not quoting it precisely, be thankful, give God thanks for all things. And she said, why would I give thanks to God for that? And, and the counselor said, well, you're here, and these problems are going to get you back. You're realizing that you need to get back to God. So she went home after that counseling session and wrote a song called One Day at a Time. Wow. One Day at a Time. Sweet Jesus. And it became a tremendous hit. Yeah, still is, really. And still is. One of the most successful gospel songs ever. Yeah. She went back and she wrote that song after this counseling session, but she was having a, a little problem with uh, the first, the opening to the song. She, she, she was unhappy, so she picked up the phone and called Chris Christopherson and explained to Chris that what she's writing one day at a time, sweet Jesus. You know, in counseling, they tell you, take life one day at a time. Yeah. Don't look too far down the road. Right. Get through today. Yeah. So she wrote, wrote that song, but she wasn't satisfied with the opening. So she called up Chris Christopherson. And Chris was married to Rita Coolidge at the time. So Chris and Rita went over to Mary John's house. And Chris took a look at what she had written. And he came up with the opening of the song, uh, which is, uh, I'm only human. I'm just a woman. Remember that opening yeah. to that song? Yeah. I don't remember exactly how it goes. But that is about all that Chris Christopherson wrote. But if you look at the credits, he's listed as one of the writers. And Mary John Wilkins said, the song would not be what it is without Chris Christopherson. What is that opening line? One day at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking of you. Just give me the strength to do every day what I have to do. Okay, now, Mary John wrote that part. Read the opening line of the song. I'm huh? only human. I'm just a woman. Help me believe in what I could be and all that I am. Oh, show me the stairway that I have to climb. Lord, for my sake, teach me to take one day at a time. Okay, Chris Christopherson is responsible for that opening. Okay. And Mary John insisted on giving him, you know, co-writer credit okay. for that song. So that song became a, uh, became a big, big song in gospel music. And as a result, Mary John turned her life around. Really? She turned her life completely around, and she, uh, I guess the way demons is the word that's used a lot when you've got a lot of problems, she was able to defeat her demons right, and get her life straightened out. And she wrote a lot of other good songs after that. One of them, and this is, I think, one of the greatest songs written, that anybody's ever written in my lifetime. It's a song called I Have Returned. Oh, Yahweh, <laughs> I have returned. Yes. yes. I have returned to the God of my childhood. 
Now think about this. You know, there's, everybody knows the story of the prodigal son in the Bible, where the prodigal son returns. Mary John wrote this song. She's the, she's the prodigal child, and she's returning. I have returned. To her uh, father. God. Yeah. The father. Some of the uh, lyrics go like, I have returned to the God of my childhood, to the same simple faith as a child I once knew. Like a prodigal son, I've longed for my loved ones, for the comfort of home and the God I outgrew. I have returned to the God of my father. I have returned to the God of Abraham and so forth. A tremendous gospel song. Yes, it is. And I think the the best version, if anybody listening to this podcast wants to listen to this song, maybe you've never listened to it intently, uh, you can Google it easily. Oh, yeah. uh, And find it online. And a lot of people have recorded I Have Returned. But the best version to listen to is... Bill Gaither did a uh, one of his TV programs, homecoming programs, called Israel Homecoming. And many of the gospel greats of that era, that time, went to Israel, which unfortunately has been in the news in a in a, in a, in a way that is terrible. It's, as we record this, with the war, the 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 uh, war with Hamas and, Ga- and, 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 and Gaza. But at this time, it was peaceful there, and they went over and recorded the Israel homecoming. And in that Israel homecoming, you have the Gaithers and so many of the other great gospel singers, and it's like a congregational sing of I have returned. Oh, I bet that so was power. Just Google uh, Bill Gaither, Israel Homecoming. I and, will. And it'll come up. I will. And listen to uh, the song that Mary John Wilkin wrote called I Have Returned. And I want to return to early in Mary John's uh, career in Nashville. And I mentioned The Long Black Veil, which she co-wrote with uh, Danny Dill, that became a hit for Lefty Frizzell, re- revived his career. Unfortunately, uh, Lefty was dealing and, and dealt with a lot of demons in his lifetime, and that was probably the last really big hit that uh, Lefty Frizzell had. Another song that uh, Mary John wrote, uh, co-wrote with uh, John D. Loudermilk, that everybody probably will remember who knows anything about country music, song called Waterloo, recorded by Stonewall Jackson. It was the number one hit. Uh, made the top ten in, in the pop field. Waterloo, written oh, yeah. by Mary John Wilkin and John D. Lattermill. I didn't realize uh, that she wrote that or co-wrote that. Uh, that was a tremendous hit song. I was watching the Marty Stewart show not long ago, and Stonewall Jackson was a guest, and he did that song. Waterloo. Yeah. Where have you, Waterloo? I have met my Waterloo. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody meets their Waterloo. Everybody. Everybody. She also wrote uh, a song called Cut Across Shorty, 
Nat Stuckey or, did that song. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Eddie Cochran did it in the pop world. Uh, a song called I Just Don't Understand, which became a pop hit for for Anne Margaret and was covered by the Beatles. And I'll bet Barry John made some change on that when the Beatles recorded that song. I Just Don't Understand. I bet. But although primarily a, a country songwriter, her songs have been recorded by people like Rod Stewart, Mick Jagger. Uh, she also... Uh, formed a publishing company named after her son, Bucky, uh, called Buckhorn uh, Music. And Bucky uh, was quite a, is quite a great uh, guitar player, front man. He fronted a group, you may remember this, Randy, uh, from the 1960s and 70s, Ronnie and the Daytonas. I remember that group, yes. And in 1964, they had a big hit called GTO. I was was trying to pull that out. Yes, yes. I remember. Well, Bucky Wilkin, son of Mary John, there was no Ronnie. He used that alias, that uh, pseudonym. I don't know why, but in his music career, Ronnie and the Daytonas. Ronnie was Mary John Wilkin's son, Bucky. And uh, Bucky's played a lot of sessions and, and uh, in addition to having a band for quite a quite a while, so that's a little history of and Leanne Rhymes. Remember when Leanne Rhymes hit real big? Uh, Mary John Wilkins Publishing Company published most of uh, the music recorded by Leanne Rhymes. So here's somebody that you know. If you go to let's say Chick Fil A, you know the cars are lined up going through the drive-through. Yeah, we've all seen that. And if you went car to car and car to car and ask, you know who Johnny Cash is? Everybody would know Johnny Cash. Yeah. But there are a lot of people like Mary John Wilkin. If you say, do you know who Mary John Wilkin is? They'd have no idea. So from time to time, as we do these podcasts and talk about music, I like to remember and salute uh, some of the people. I do too. That had an influence and made a tremendous impact that people have no idea who he is. They, they don't know who the den of Music Row is, Mary John Wilkin. Well, I appreciate you doing the research on Mary John Wilkin, and I appreciate the fact that you got to sit in the same room with, with her at one time and ask questions. I can imagine that that was quite interesting. Like you said, a press conference of sort people asking questions about her music and her life one day at a time, uh, often considered the biggest gospel song of the decade in the 1970s. She wrote the song though in the 1960s, but in the seventies, I think it was right about 70 or 71 is when, uh, Christy Lane recorded one day at a time. And it became that tremendous hit. I'm sorry, it was the late 70s when she recorded it, but it had been recorded by a few people before that. But Christy Lane's recording really took off, became listed as one of the top 50 Southern gospel songs. And then so many other people covered it and, uh, and thereafter. I, 
I remember so many different artists. I remember in the Southern Gospel field a group called the Thrasher Brothers. Yes, the Thrasher Brothers had a yeah had a great recording. Yes, of one day at a time that people will. Tennessee Ernie Ford, uh, Tennessee Ernie Ford covered it. And there was no better, greater voice in the world than the Tennessee Ernie Ford. He messed up a a word in that song in his recording. I can't think of what it was. Oh, really? Yeah. He, uh, in the song, Mary John Wilkin mentions something about it's worse now. It's well, you, when you, when you walked among men, well, Jesus, you know, if you're looking below that it's worse now than then, oh, there's pushing and shoving and it's crowding my mind. Mm-hmm. But somewhere, and I, I'll, I'll have to look it up, but in Tennessee Ernie Ford's recording, he missed a word, said the word, said a word that wasn't in the song. Really? But it didn't really affect the yeah the message of the song. I've n- played it many times and never caught what you're talking about. He he covered it up well, didn't he? Um, is, are we about out of time? We're about gone. You want to promote the next show coming up, or why don't we talk about Hank Williams? I think that's a grand. As idea. we record this, uh, the year twenty twenty three is the seventieth anniversary of. Hank Williams' death. And as yes. we record this, we're approaching January the 1st when Hank Williams died yep. at the age of 29. So why don't we talk a little bit about Hank Williams? Talk about that last ride, as it's called. Hank Williams going from Montgomery, Alabama, up to Oak Hill, Virginia, where he was found dead in the back of his. Cadillac. Let's talk about that a little bit when we come back. I can't wait. Next time. Thank y'all for joining us on Hot Mike with Houston and Hogan. Y'all need to know how much we enjoy getting together and talking these old stories. Uh, We've got plenty of them. So thank y'all so much for tuning in to Hot Mike with Houston and Hogan. Be sure to click the subscribe button for another episode of Hot Mike with Randy Houston and Dave Hogan.